You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you guys have been having a great week. I have been having an excellent week, and I am super stoked that tomorrow is the weekend, people. We did it. We got through another week. We are almost at the holidays, and uh, I'm going to tell you guys right now that I'm actually going to be taking a two-week break from releasing episodes. That's right. The last two weeks of December, there shall be no Vox and Hops episodes dropping. I'm going to take the time to uh, spend some time with my family and relax a little bit. Uh, There will be some content coming out on the social media pages, uh, looking back at previous episodes, but there shall be no new episodes dropping for those two weeks. Tomorrow, get ready, people. We have the new installment of December's Vox and Hops' Brutal Awakening playlist, which has been curated by the metal architect Jerry Monk himself. I've been loving this playlist so far. I've been listening to it. I've been discovering a whole bunch of amazing bands. And Jerry's going to be adding a bunch of stuff tonight, and that's all going to be updated for you guys tomorrow. So keep your eyes on the Brutal Awakening playlist, which is available both on Spotify and Apple Music. I know that I'm going to be. On today's episode, I am with Phil Penegar, the vocalist of the Arson Choir. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 212. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Phil Pettigar, the vocalist of the Arson Choir, uh, who just dropped a great fucking EP called Invisible Monsters via War Against Records. Uh, How you doing, Phil? Let's start with a very simple yet complex question that I like to throw at people right at the beginning. How are you coping with 2020? 2020 is a beast for sure. I'm hanging in there. Uh, We just lost. Eddie Van Halen, who's uh, ridiculous. I was uh, bumping uh, Eat Talking About Love and Jamie's Crying before um, talking to you. It's just rolling with the punches, but uh, trying to stay uh, positive when I can. Yeah, we have to. That's it's, it's what I keep saying on the podcast. We have to stay positive, especially as artists. We have to guide people and be a positive influence at all times and being positive right now is the best thing that we can do for our fan bases uh take me to you growing up in your youth in your parents or guardians house what music was playing when you were not in control of the music what music did your parents or guardians listen to phil um when i was not in control of the radio dial my mom uh she listened to a lot of just 60s classic soul like uh, Al Green and Temptations. Um, just got a little, little bit of Chuck Berry in there. Um, you know, uh, James Brown, stuff like that, just like classics, and then like sprinkled in with some 80s, stuff like that. Uh, my jump into rock music was a uh, was uh, kind of a yeet, but uh, I, my background is more of a like R&B based as far as my parents' upbringing. That's awesome. What band would have become your first band that, that really turned into something that was a passion for yourself and it didn't come from your parents? And what, what band was your first treasured band? Hmm. My first uh, 
I would say I can pinpoint the band that turned me to rock music. I remember being in the sixth grade and hearing The Offspring for the first time and just hearing uh, their distorted, distorted guitar, just noodles. His tone was just perfect and crunchy. And I just remember going up to my friend and being like, what's this? Tell me what this is. And he'd been like, that's The Offspring. I'm like, interesting. Tell me more. Tell me more. And that is literally the genesis point to me starting to play drums and metal and everything was uh, The Offspring. Oh, see, that's very cool. You said you started off behind the kit and ended up screaming into a microphone. Take me to that. I I was always going to be a singer. It was it was there was no other instruments that really interested me at the beginning. I was a singer. There's videos of me singing in my underwear and cowboy boots at a very very young age. A country song, believe it or not. Uh, so, <laughs> why why the drums first? Well, where did that come from? So um, I learned to play drums in uh, church. I grew up in Long Beach, California, and we grew up across the street from this youth group place, and they let us delinquents play the instruments for some reason. And uh, that is where I learned to play. Um, where I jumped from drums to vocals, I used to live in Oregon, and I played drums for a band called My Life in Red. Uh, you know, shout out to all my guys out there. And uh, when that band kind of started to uh, petter out, I knew some friends and they were looking for a singer and I was just at their space and their guy fell through or didn't come. And I was like, I'll, I'll try, we'll, we'll do this. And because I just, I've tried, you know, screaming just on my own, you know, with your headphones and you just like, I'm, I'm just like the dude in the record, you know, you <laughs> do your thing and uh, I gave it a go. And um, can't forget the name of the band. Our first show, my first show was with I wrestled a bear once with their original OG lineup really? um, at a uh, school auditorium in Klamath Falls, Oregon. Um, and yeah, started screaming, and now I'm here. Crazy. Take take me to that track that you you first put those headphones in and started singing along to. Who would have been that that singer that you found your voice fit with, and it was uh, you know an easy transition to start just screaming on your own where you actually felt sort of comfortable? Eternal Lord. Um, that I got got into that band through I Killed the Prom Queen, and um, that was the band that I just remember just walking by myself in Klamath uh, Falls, Oregon, small town, just by myself, headphones in, just you know practicing screaming. Um, I did backups for uh, My Life in Red. And um, so that's when I just started just trying it on my own, trying to get better and doing like lows and stuff for the first time. Um, and then uh, 18 Visions and a big inspiration to me, James Hart. Love that guy. Um, just how shredded his voice can sound. And then um, uh, Alex is on Fire, the Crisis, uh, Crisis album, that record, uh, Foiled Frogs. Um, it's one of the songs that I always come back to when I'm just rehearsing by myself. Um, Pierre, I believe is his name. Uh, they're, they're Screamer. The guy's a beast. This is just, those are some of the bands that just, my, when I was just trying out and being shitty, this is the band that <laughs> showed me the way. Oh, that's awesome. We, we got to go through these shitty years to get good. And, and a lot of people forget that, that, you know, and I'm grateful that that i'm slightly older so there's no shitty 
YouTube. Well, there are some shitty YouTubes of me <laughs> in my early Cryptopsy days. But, but you know, when I was really, really young and started starting out, you know, there was at least there was not too many shitty YouTube videos of me up there. So people starting now, I feel sorry for you. But you got to go through those shitty years to get good. <laughs> right. You got to take your lumps. And, you know, hopefully only your former bandmates remember, you know, how you used to sound way back when. You know, funny enough, a friend of mine... Um, she found uh, my first band's like CD. We were called Numb Existence. Um, I was the drummer. It was more like a rock band and uh, like a rock grunge type of thing. And yeah, like earlier this week, she showed me that. I was just like blown away because that's, that's maybe like 15, 20 years old. I started playing music when I was in the eighth grade. Wow. You know, I was 13. And um, I think I recorded that uh, like a little four song when I was like 16. And, uh, you know, the people, they are, they are a digital, there's a footprint out there for all of our shitty stumbling years. But you go through that, and, and I feel like the bumps, they just teach you the type of musician that you, that you ultimately want to be and the people that you want to make music with. And I feel like that's important to really find the project that really becomes your thing. Like, I feel like Arts Require has become for me. Uh, absolutely, you're 100% right. Uh, me, growing up, it was easy to find like-minded musicians to start projects with. It became even easier as I graduated into the Montreal metal scene to find like-minded musicians because the scene is so vibrant. How was it for you, growing up, trying to start projects that fit your niche? That, that, that journey is kind of interesting because it's really, it, it's, uh, you know, a game of hopscotch as you, you know, go through genres. You know, I started out playing in a rock band and then that transitioned to, I, I dabbled in some like pop punk a little bit and then got into like hardcore and then uh, Poison the Well was the band that introduced, heart, introduced me to hardcore and then you know, ended up in a six-piece, you know, screamo in, uh, experimental thing. You know, I did that for three years, and it's just, it, you just find, like, voices, and, you know, the internet makes everything extremely helpful. You know, I was lucky enough uh, to answer a uh, ad on the internet for a, someone wanting to try out um, a band, went up to Oregon and didn't get murdered. You know, I found some dudes that uh, I'm still good friends with to this day. But, uh, you know, the internet really helps. You know, you look out for those keyboards and like, uh, hardcore singer one, and I'm like, ooh, that's me. <laughs> you know? But, um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it, you know, looking for opportunities, really. I, I Finding Arson, I feel like I was lucky because I was in a, a band uh, prior, Unscarred, and then we played a show together. And I heard them, and I was like, wow, these guys are amazing. And then I was just like, well, they're going to go places, and I'm just you know, doing my own thing. And then I, I became friends with Mark on Facebook, just, you know, dude, what's up, man? I'm in that band they're going to play with, man. And, um, and then later, like two months later, I saw there were, Mark was posting about looking for a screamer. And, you know, at the time, I was like, man, do I really want to get back in the game? And I was kind of doubting myself as kind of in a dark place a little bit and I was like you know what I'm gonna do this fuck it and then boom here we are now 
And it's just like, uh, I was lucky. Me and Mark both bond over 18 Visions and like the Chariot and Dillinger. And then, you know, like some of the phaser bands, um, the sound that ends all creation, just started listening to them. Love that band. So chaotic. Um, but it's just looking for the opportunities. I feel like that's the key to finding your niche and the finding those people that are in that whatever weird sphere that you're looking for. That's excellent, excellent advice for anyone out there that's wanting to do not only a musical project, but anything with their life right there. You said that you were in a dark place right when you found this huge thing that has opened up so much for you right now. But you took that, you know, the the little inch that the universe gave you and you pulled on it and now here you are. So, so you got to keep your eyes open people, even when it, you're at your darkest days, because there's always a little bit of uh, light there that can really guide you somewhere far in life. If you just focus your positivity on that. If you're looking for that creative spark, you can have your eyes open to those types of things, you know, not even like a, the universe is speaking to me type of way, but just, you know, so you're out in the world and you you're constantly putting your foot in the arena. You're constantly you know, keeping your ear, your ear to the ground for people looking for, you know, that niche thing that you do. And I feel that if you have the drive and the talent is there, you know, if you're dedicated, you'll, you will find that door and that'll open, take you where you want to go. I just, right now, seeing that the world is on fire and yeah. inside, I'm like, yay, art, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this, you know, is it, is it Nero playing the fiddle while Rome burns? Maybe, but it's satisfying and it's like, hey. I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing right now. You, you got to savor the small victories in life. And I can say for myself that my whole time with Cryptopsy as an artist, I'm rarely satisfied. I always want more. And as I've been getting older, I'm trying to force myself to, to appreciate each small victory, even if the world is on fire. <laughs> and then you just use the, use the, the flames to keep you warm while you enjoy <laughs> your small thing, whatever that's keeping you going. And it, and who, it, who knows what that can lead to. I, I feel lucky to have the guys that I have on my team, you know, making art and just pushing, you know, our vision forward. You know, that's always, it's always a win to meet up in uh, the room for band practice and everyone's like, ready to do stuff and the ideas are being thrown around. Even if, you know, stuff gets shot down, it's still, the juices are flowing. We're still, the hunger is still there. And it's just like, yeah, these dudes want to make some metal. I love it. Fuck yeah. Speaking about art and following through with a vision, Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Uh, I asked you if you had something to drink on your side at the beginning. You said, I do. So what do you have there, Phil? I'm I'm being lame on a healthy kick. I'm just doing some quality H2O, as Bobby Boucher would say. 
<laughs> that is a, a very important ingredient of a craft beer, so I, I approve of that. There would be no craft beer if it wasn't for water, so... <laughs> <laughs> for myself i am drinking now i am death destroyer of worlds from adroit theory they are out of purcellville virginia this is a triple ipa clocks in at 10 percent uh you're on a health kick now does that mean that you do enjoy beer sometimes phil oh yeah you know everyone has to let off some steam uh here or there um but I don't think I'm a, a cultured uh, beer connoisseur. I'm more of like I'll do, drink shitty uh, Skaterade, like uh, Blue Rip Paps, like PBR shit. Just that's what I <laughs> grew up drinking with my friends, like that skated and stuff. Take me back to that first beer. Do you remember your first shitty beer that you've continued drinking? <laughs> first, uh, the first shitty beer I keep drinking is probably uh, Pabst PBR. I don't, I don't think it's a shitty beer, but people hate on it. But whatever. I, I want, I wanted the story. Do you remember your first experience with beer? Oh, first experience. Uh, first experience with beer is more like me being fourteen, uh, drinking by the pool on 4th of July and just getting, like, just wasted on, like, I think we were drinking, like, Budweiser, and then also we had, like, vodka for some reason, and we were just kids. We didn't fucking know what we were doing. And one thing, the highlights, I remember trying to jump over um, a fountain firework while it was shooting off. I tried to jump over one of those. Um, I tried to ride one of my friends like they were a dinosaur. Like, I just jumped on. I was just like, come on, Jurassic Park, let's go. And they were like, why are you doing this? I'm like, get along, dinosaur. And, and then um, trying to swim and then being rescued. It was just party city. Holy shit. That's, that's, that, that could be a movie right there. You know, uh, the, what is it? Uh, Seth Rogen. Uh, Super what is bad. It? Super bad, super bad part, dude. You know, that the streets of Long too. Beach. <laughs> Let's talk about releasing an EP during a pandemic when you can't tour it. Was there ever discussion of shelving it and pushing it back and waiting until you could tour it? Or was it pushed back and you guys just got fed up? To take me to all of that. So with the, the, the production of the record kind of was a labor of love at first. You know, we had some setbacks with, you know, uh, our original uh, engineer, you know, had to move on and do some cool things. So we had to, you know, start over from scratch. So when we came to the place where we were like, all right, everything is mixed and mastered. We are ready to, you know, push everything and get things printed. You know, the Rona drops. And so you see things slow down. And at first, it you know, positive outlook. This only lasts us two months. So long could just last, you know? And, but then, you know, we still, in the background, you know, when venues started to shut down, we just wanted to have this see the light of day. You know, the, the songs that uh, we wrote, you know, we didn't, we didn't feel that it would do them a service to hold them back. So while things were shutting down, we just kept pushing and getting artwork produced and getting things 
shirts, concepts pushed together, and just to push our project to the light of day, just because it was important to us. You know, we, we couldn't tour on the record and we can, we can, you know, perform it to its maximum capacity, but, you know, throwing our name in a, you know, Arts and Choir, you know, new release 2020, you know, the band itself hadn't released, uh, had a release in, I believe, seven years prior to that. So it was just important to, if we were going to do something, to just keep pushing until it was out. And then with the release of Revenge My Love, um, in the wake of some of the issues with police brutality in America and things like that, that that in itself was something that we were like, should this is the video that we, this is the thing we have ready right now. This wasn't our first single idea. This was probably going to be single number two or three because we were just like, you know, put a different foot forward, but it it just became like this speaks to an issue that a lot of people are seeing firsthand and it's just like, fuck it, you know, there's no time like the present. And, you know, just coming out swinging is just kind of in the ethos of our band a little bit. And it's great. It's great. And the message is great. And I hope everyone hears it and just embraces it. And we can just move forward out of 2020 with a whole new <laughs> system in place. And everybody is safe for once, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know, uh, here's hoping that um, it's, I feel like art artists and, you know, just anyone that's, you know, trying to push their goals forward in this time. I feel like you, if you can do the things that, you know, will push you forward in, in silence, in the dark while you're, you know, quarantine contained, and then you just come out like, surprise, bitch, all this stuff is done, you know, you're, you'll be much stronger for it. And, you know, Sometimes you have to push forward without the praise of everyone seeing, ooh, look what they're doing now, and look mm -hmm. at this, and look at that. Seeing every step of, you know, our video age, we want to record and document and present everything to everyone. But just, this, I feel, me personally, the satisfaction of having this record, you know, come out now um, in spite of the COVID-19 and everything that's going on is just, it, it makes me uh, proud of the band and proud of the guys that I'm with. It's like, you know, we pushed, you know, pushed through just a little DIY uh, mathcore band from SoCal to just get something out that people are responding to. And it just, that, that in itself is its own reward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Obviously you can't do it, but if you could and you could handpick the bands, what would be the perfect release show lineup for the Arson Choir? We would probably go Steak Sauce Mustache, Ursula, Taker's Leavers, and then if I just had my way and I and I could just pick any band and like even though they've been around longer than us, like who fuck cares? ACX DC, because I love them, and Satanist King, uh, Slash. Guest, guest starring 18 Visions because their Inferno <laughs> EP that they just released also banged. It came out on the same day as Invisible Monsters, which made me feel extra proud. Like my favorite band released an EP the same day my EP came out. Totally meant to be. Meant to be. I love it. 
<laughs> How about getting out there on the road? Uh, do you guys have any crazy experiences that have happened to you being on the road with the band? Does that have anything that, that is worth talking about? Something that, that, that has blown your mind that wouldn't believe other people? Not with uh, Arson. Um, when I was touring um, before, we, um, in My Life in Red, we were trying to go to Arizona um, and we had this janky trailer that wasn't even really a trailer. It was someone took the back of a truck and they like converted it and put wheels on it. I've seen And those. we just used it as a trailer. And it had these weird um, like five spoke tires that you couldn't just get anywhere. So we were stranded and this guy pulled over to the side of the road and he's like, yeah, you know, I'll help you. I'm going to send my, my guy back and he's going to have a tire and, you know, he's going to help you guys. And we're like, sure, dude, we're just out here stranded. We, the kindness of strangers, we're totally going to, Hey, if this guy's going to help us, he's going to help us. So he takes off. We're still stranded on the side of the road. These big rigs are shaking our van as they go past <laughs> us. And then like two hours later, this dude shows up and he's just like, we all get our, we get our tire irons. We get our little weapons. We're like, what's up? He's like, Hey, did a uh, Mac, Mac sent me. He's like, you guys need a tire. We're like, yeah. And he's like, okay. And he lo and behold has this weird fucking ass tire to put on the, and he's like, what are you? He's like, you know, I have this tire. He's like, what do you want? I was like, we have weed and beer. And he's like, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so we give him weed and beer. He gives us this fucking weird random tire, fixes it. We get on, we were like back on the road within like 45 minutes of this guy getting here. And we were just like, this dude totally saved our bacon. Like that random guy was actually nice and sent this dude to help us. And I always, I always think about that when um, I think about being on the road. That's amazing. That's the, <laughs> you know, the odds of it that the guy knowing someone that actually has that random ass tire. That's 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 amazing. <laughs> it wasn't even a trailer. It was just it was so janky. It, we got stopped <laughs> before, and this cop was like, "Where are you guys from?" And we're like, "We're we're from Oregon. We were in like Texas or somewhere there." Or and the guy was like, "You know, I could." take you guys take you in jail because the thing you're driving is illegal and we're just like please don't take our stuff and he's like <laughs> all right you know just fix this situation you got going and we're like thank you and this is like and we, let, we, we didn't learn our lesson but we were just like we let us go and he totally did Let's go back to doing vocals, being a vocalist and being a lyricist. Uh, t take me to uh, how you take care of your voice. I personally warm up before gigs. I try to warm up before practicing. It's something that I've learned over the years that really keeps me in shape. Well, what do you do, Phil? Um, I have, oh, what is it? Um, one of the Melissa Cross Zen uh, screaming CD, DVD things. Um, I use that for my warm up and try and drink a lot of water you know um try and do a little bit of uh, cardio to make sure my lungs are you know ready for all the screaming you know diaphragm all that stuff you're just ready to go um but yeah warming up is uh super essential i just don't want to get taken out of the game having like your nose all fucked up in your throat that would suck absolutely and i totally totally do 
Melissa Cross's warm ups all the time. <laughs> One of my friends, he uh, he found it. He was like, oh, like I had this. Like he found, he saw it at like a yard sale or something. He was like, I saw this and got it for you. I just I figured you might like it. I was just like, thank you. And, you know, and it just like every head uh, he he must have just saw they had every time I die or Lamb of God on there. Exactly. It's like it was first uh, the first DVD or whatever. And uh, yeah, I've hung on to that bad boy and it has not let me down. That's funny. I've, I've been using it for years and years and years. I got it for Christmas one year from my parents. <laughs> this is dating probably the year that it dropped, and I've been using it religiously. Uh, I do feel that she needs to do a, a an updated DVD series or at least a, a webinar or something on YouTube, something that, that would really broach the subject of extreme vocals nowadays because a lot has evolved over the years. Someone that I do love and I've had on the podcast uh, before is uh, Mary Zimmer. Uh, of Voice Hacks, the YouTube channel. She is probably the best extreme metal vocalist, uh, tutorial teacher. She's the best out there, people. If you want to learn how to scream, go check out Mary Z on Voice Hacks. I think I've watched her videos. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, let's talk about writing lyrics. How important it is, is it for you to have a positive message or a social message? Because you mentioned that uh, that is where you came at. With one track, is that where the whole EP goes? Well, I feel the the first the important starting point is just the theme. You know, some, sometimes I'll just be watching a movie and just something in it sparks, you know, a tangent, a line of words. And I'm just like, Ooh, I can just expand on that. Um, and I think the importance of a, social message, especially in 2020, it's just like, you can't just have your head in the sand about what's going on around you. It's just like, come on, dude. Um, but I, I think it's the first starting point is just having, uh, something that resonates with you. You know, I write songs about all types of things, you know, songs about, I've written songs about Dr. Who. I've written songs about, you know, you know, demonic possession and it's just you find uh when writing songs and writing lyrics i just feel like i i feel like i work reverse i get into the room and i just kind of just scream my i find my pattern my vocal Hmm. what feels natural to me and then i take that i'm like all right this is my playpen and then i throw a theme that i feel like okay i can really like pull this piece of yarn on this subject on here and then just see where the words take me. And it's just, sometimes I sit and I'm just listening to the songs on repeat, just waiting for the right river of words to start flowing about, you know, you just want to hit the right tangent, the right, um, the timbre and just, you know, as important as it is to say something, um, brutal or say something clever it has to also the delivery and just you know the execution of a as a front man is also like paramount i never want to be one of those bands that you, you hear them on wax and then you see them live and you're like that dude's totally not keeping up he's not doing none of that <laughs> in real life you know that's just like one of my deepest darkest fears <laughs> so i'm always like very 
I try and think of always from a live perspective, you know, yeah, even if, as cool as it is, if I can't deliver that right bounce, you know, it's got to go back to the drawing board. Very cool. I love that. And I've done both sides of it where I've written lyrics and then I've written a record to those lyrics. And I've also gone the writing the patterns and getting the feel out first and then writing words to that. So, so I, I see where you're coming from. And it is true that in a, in a modern technical world, not everyone can pull off this shit live. So it's good to, to start in the jam room and make sure you can transition that to the stage perfectly, if not better. Right. You know, that's a, if you're, I feel like if as a band, you're winning people in person, you're winning people, you know, in life, life performance is everything. Like if, you know, that's not your, you know, goal, your focus point, you know, being able to lock these down live, you just like, I feel like you're wasting your time. But it's just, for me, the, the joy of being a musician, you know, comes from beginning to perform and just being able to execute my vision, like the way that you think about it when you're in the room by yourself alone, just like thinking about the riffs. You know, <laughs> it's just like having putting out a record is like the is like the apex of that. It is like this started out as just you know a small seed in my mind, like the artwork, the title, the song, like everything is just like, and now it's real and it's like a physical thing that people can go and you know and enjoy. Just that, um, that's to me is the whole bag about being a musician, really. And you did it. You did it, Phil. You got it out this year, and it's amazing. One last question. Uh, it probably never happens to you because you're you seem very controlled, and you know what's going on, and you seem to gauge yourself. But it happens to everyone every once in a while. It will happen to me if I have uh, a few too many of these. Now I am death, destroyer of worlds. The triple ten percent ABV, triple IPA from Adroit Theory. Um, what is your hangover cure? Oh, I'm a big believer in the curing power of bacon, you know, <laughs> so when uh, the party animal has had its fun and I'm paying the prices in the morning, just a lot of bacon, the biggest mug of coffee that I can find, um, and then grease, eggs, cheese, then uh, possibly electrolytes, you know, because that's what plants crave. Um, and uh, solid second wave recovery nap and then eat again after I rise from my coma just get my energy levels back up to peak performance awesome awesome I love it (laughs) everybody please go check out the arson choir Invisible Monsters, they just dropped that via War Against Records Uh, it was great chatting with you Phil I love the EP, and everyone should check it out. This uh, Now I Am Death, Destroyer of Worlds from Adroit Theory was absolutely amazing. If you guys can get your hands on any other brews, you absolutely should. They're, they're just totally killing it in the States right now. Um, mad respect. Thank you so much, Phil, for being on Vox and Hops. Thank you for having me, Matt, man. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What a great chat I had with Phil. What an excellent vocalist. I always have such a blast to sit down with vocalists and pick their brain. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do, and it's something that I want to do more of. 
If you enjoyed this Vox and Hoffs episode, please subscribe to it on the podcast platform of your choice. But not only that, take the time to rate it and write a review, because if you do that, more people just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hoffs podcast. Vox and Hoffs is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope you guys have a great, great weekend. I will be back next week with three episodes. That's right, people. Another week with three episodes. I have an extra bonus episode dropping on Monday the 14th. It is a very special episode, and I'm stoked to release it. So I will be back next week with three episodes. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts? Thank you. <laughs>